Don't you ever stop long enough to start. Take your car out of that gear. Don't you ever stop long enough to start. Get your car out of that gear. is up devil fans welcome to the trap podcast i am your host bill botch along with my buddy patty shambro patty what's happening brother what's going on bill we are uh we are live from the four seasons in denver uh nice you know yeah you know, cbs sports hooked me up this weekend can't beat that four seasons Hi, nah. Uh, and I got a, the rental car they gave me was an Escalade. You know, I'm really living living Damn. life out here. Damn. Now, is your girl that you brought that brought you out for barbecue? Um, is she going to be jealous that you're you're big pimping out in uh, in Denver? She might be. I don't know. You know hey, uh, catching some looks when I'm driving that thing. Um. <clears throat> so. Uh, this is a uh, immediate reaction to the loss uh, versus St. Louis Blues. It is November 3rd at 10.45 p.m. Patty is out in Denver, and uh, we'll jump right into it. I mean, the main story of this game, the Devils lost despite a hard effort, but it comes down to Jack Hughes and the, the injury. He took a he took a nasty spill into the boards in the first period. He was. It looked like he was. It's a shoulder neck. He went in like head and neck and shoulder first. It looks like it was a shoulder or or a neck issue. Um, what were your thoughts on on the on the play? My first my first reaction was definitely the shoulder, um, and then as. You know, he, he played a couple more shifts and then as he played a couple more shifts and then they took him out and then it kind of became a head issue for me. So that's just, it's not good. You know, I, you know, I wish the Lord would take me now. Please, God, mm. no, not him. Um, I was a little worried because he, he's had shoulder issues in the past. Um, I was trying to figure out if that was the shoulder. I could not. Um, not good. Not good. Uh, he, but what I was going to say is, you know, even without Jack and Nico in the lineup, I thought, I think the devils have a better lineup than the St. Louis blues. And they still should have been able to, somebody should have stepped up and nobody did, which is kind of, so it's like a double-edged sword, lose Jack and nobody stepped up. Yeah. I mean, the team did, uh, continue to fight. And they definitely controlled play in the third period. Uh, and actually, towards the end of the second period, I think they were a little stunned, if I'm being honest. I, I feel like after they saw Hughes go down, um, the lines were all over the place. And, you know, you're, you're missing your two top centers. It's going to be a bit of a, of a, you know, smorgasbord of forwards. But... You did. You needed. You needed Mercer to, to step up and hopefully get one. Um, you know, Timo had five scoring chances. wasn't able to put one away. Toffoli had a great chance at the end of at the end of the game. Um, Bennington played well. There's a lot of different. There's a lot of different storylines. I think and and players that we could uh, touch upon. But I mean, how long do you think the Devils? How, I mean, there's no way to know what the situation is. And, you know, especially with hockey, they're not going to tell you it's going to be an upper body and they're going to leave it at that. But, you know, Nico's out for he didn't make the road trip, so it's going to be four games minimum. But that doesn't mean that he's necessarily coming back um, when they get back home. A concussion symptoms can linger. We've seen it with plenty of athletes and. Uh, not having your two franchise players is pretty difficult. Um, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think the deal is? Like, do you think the Devils are going to be able to survive despite not having both of those guys? I do. I mean, I do. I, like I said, I was a little upset that nobody stepped up tonight, but I do want to highlight Akira Schmidt. I thought he played well. 
Um, it was probably his best game of the season so far, sure. uh, just in a, you know, valiant effort in a, in a tough, in a tough spot. Uh, Timo continues to look good. You know, it's obviously going to be tough without playing with Jack and uh, Nico, but, you know, as far as Timo and his guy like Toffoli goes, those, both of those guys were on bad teams last year. Not to say that the Devils without Jack and Nico are, are a bad team, but those two guys played on not very good teams and were able to produce 30-goal seasons. Um, so, no, I'm not worried. They can still keep pace without those guys in the lineup. They can still win games that they're supposed to. Um, yeah, they. I mean – no, I'm not worried. I mean, obviously, it's a kick in the balls to lose both of those guys. But Nico, I think – I know he didn't make the road trip, but I think he'll be back after the road trip. I actually – I do believe that. And Jack is up in the air right now. That it really – if it's a shoulder injury, it's a month. And if it's a head injury, it's also a month, which which sucks. But Not ideal. Uh, not ideal, but, you know – you know, you kind of expect it with Jack. He's a smaller guy. Also, fucking bullshit on that. He he was totally tripped, slashed in the ankle on that on that play. Like that was fucking bullshit. Bush league, total total fucking bush league. Um, but with Jack, you kind of expect to miss a couple games. With a couple like you get a couple weeks with him in a season. You know, right? We've we've grown used to that. We know it's just like smaller guy plays plays like a bat out of hell. He's going to get banged up. I know. Same thing with Nico. It's a shame because he's been playing so well. I mean, leading the league in, in points and whatnot. And um, it's just a shame because he's really doing something special right now. And the team is kind of looks like they're finding their groove a little bit, too. And you were hoping that they were going to turn this road trip into and they were really going to turn the corner and they were going to look like the team they were from last year after getting off to a little bit of a wobbly start. Um, you brought up Schmidt, and I thought that this game was extremely important for him because he has gotten off to a rough start. He has not looked good this year, um, and they've given him a lot of time off. Having nine games um, or having nine days to think about your last performance after being pulled—that's that's a lot of time. Like usually, you want to you want to see players get right back out there because they want to have the opportunity to redeem themselves. But he was able to come out, and if it wasn't for Schmidt, this game would have got blown open mm-hmm. real, especially in the first period. He he played really well. Uh, he controlled his rebounds. Um, the Blues did miss a couple of uh, open net opportunities, especially at the end of the game. But um, it was a weird game. It, it felt like it felt like the Blues got off to a good start. They kind of caved the Devils in for a minute. The, the injury to Hughes happens. The Devils look like they're in shock. The, you know, they don't know who's playing with who. It looked like they were trying to feel each other out and trying to come up with some line combinations on the fly that made some sense. Um, defensively, I, you know, I had, uh, we had Jack of Hearts on our last, Ollie from Montreal on our last uh, episode. He made a really good point about Brendan Smith that I haven't really thought about, that I never really thought about. And it was, you know, Lindy Ruff keeps defending him because, he, he, you know, he's not stupid. He's seeing what's going on out there. He knows Brendan Smith is is not capable of handling the role and the minutes that he's given right now. But what good is it going to do to throw him under the bus or to criticize him when everybody knows what's already happening? And he doesn't really have any – he doesn't really – he doesn't – you know, he's kind of handcuffed. He doesn't have Colin Miller. He doesn't have – you know, I mean, Cal Foot is is a guy that I guess you could play, and Nemitz is just coming back off of an injury, so you know it it doesn't make it doesn't make sense for him to criticize the guy when everybody knows he's not good, and it might like the players might respect Lindy Ruff for sticking up for a guy who's struggling more. You know what I mean? So, um, but you saw tonight, Ruff did bench Siegs and. Smith at one point um, late in the second period and into the third, I believe. So, you know, he was holding those guys accountable who let up a goal in front of the net where they didn't have people tied up and it was an easy rebound for, I think it was Hayes. Um, 
But one of the guys who I was really surprised with that, in my opinion, really kind of took over a big part of the game was Jack's brother. And Luke really stepped up as the game went on, especially late in the second period and then the entire third period. Luke Hughes was all over the ice, creating offense, jumping into the play, making things happen. He took a big hit along the boards at one point, too, and he looked like he was shooken up. Um, the, the sky is the limit for, for Luke Hughes, and, you know, I've, I've said it just over and over about how I worry about the kids in their own zone defensively or him trying to do too much. And, today, and tonight was a, a perfect example of – him doing a lot when it was necessary, when we were down by a goal, when he had a chance. And my brother and my dad were texting me, and they were talking about how they really like the Luke and Dougie pairing. And I was like, that's because they're typically pressing play at that point. They're trying to either come – they're either down on the game and they're trying to come back. But um, those two guys look good. I mean, Luke Hughes is the real deal, dude. Like, he's going to be a phenomenal player. Uh, we are witnessing – absolute greatness in him and I, I really believe that he's absolutely unreal and like back like pairing him with Dougie you know you you even without Jack and Nico you field a defensive pairing of Luke and Dougie and then you have Timo Toffoli even Mercer centering that line like that's unreal like defenses are shitting in their pants if that's if that's the five you're going up against um uh, back to your comments on Brendan Smith, like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want Lindy Ruff to come out and say this guy sucks. Like, no matter what my opinion on on Brendan Smith is, I would never want, you know, a coach to call out a player like that. I think a lot of the Devils fans, uh, well, I think I, I know a lot of the Devils fans' problem with the situation, I, as I know your problem with it is the fact that he chose Brendan Smith over Nemich to begin with is the issue. Um, and Brendan Smith is always going to take those hits because of that. It's not his fault. It's not, uh, but he's, he's a punching bag, you know, and it's unfair. You know, I was always like, you know, when devil's fans were ripping on Damon Severson for all those years, I was always a Damon Severson defender. You know, I thought he was a a good defenseman on really bad teams and he really got the shit out of the stick. And we're definitely missing him this year. Uh, no matter you know, a lot of people won't admit that, but we're definitely missing that guy this year. Um, yeah, you know, Luke, Luke re- has really stepped up. Uh, he's really taken that next step, in my opinion. Uh, and it's only just the beginning with him. You know, like, imagine him three months down the road. I know. Woo. Woo. I know. You see, you, know, you, see, you see the progress that he, the progress that he made from like. The- jumping into the playoffs last year in game one compared to being, uh, you know, game, what was it? Game five versus Carolina. You know, he led the team in ice time and he really was one of the best players on the ice for us. Uh, so I'm happy with Hughes. I thought, you know, and we can, we can combine the last two games if you, if you want. Um, I thought the devils played really good in Minnesota. Uh, Palat seems like he's like starting to make some some good plays. He hasn't he hasn't finished anything, but I do like his game, and I think that he looks like he's starting to um, see the ice better. And I have a feeling that Palat's gonna eventually get you know he's gonna net a couple, he's gonna break the seal, and then he's gonna have some start going in. I don't expect him to be a big goal scorer to begin with. That's not really why he's there. So if he could have between, you know, 17 and 22 goals, something like that is where I see him. But I think that his game has looked good. And um, I I, I thought tonight that he was going to, I thought there was an opportunity for him to maybe get a tiebreaker. He was my guy that I was picking, but he wasn't able to put one in. I was going to ask, that was going to be one of my questions for you, if you were nervous about Andre Pilat, because I'm actually, I'm on the opposite spectrum of you. I, I'm beginning to worry a little bit about Andre Pilat's play and his uh, non-impact on games so far this season. Yeah, well, he, he didn't really do much for the first eight games, and I thought, like, I feel like the game on whatever the hell night it was, last night was 
one of his better games of the season. In my opinion, I've been saying this forever, Palat seems like the perfect third-line player. I know you're paying him $6 million, but that shouldn't have anything to do with where he slots in your lineup. Absolutely um, not. And he's a guy that if you if you played Holtz up the lineup where, I mean, Holtz had another goal yesterday. Um, he finally actually let his shot go, and he was playing on the fourth line. It was a nice play by Bastion to get the puck to him in the slot, and he was able to net one. Um, but Holtz has looked pretty good. He made a good defensive play tonight, too, which it was – I don't know if that was a shorthanded breakaway or what, but he made a good play where he came back and was able to um, stop a breakaway without taking a penalty, which – Brendan Smith ended up drawing a penalty right afterwards, but got caught for an embellishment. So yeah, that was which, kind is, of, which is always doesn't make, make it, doesn't make any fucking sense. It's either a trip or the guy yeah. embellished it. It can't be both. Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense. I that's the dumbest. It's the dumbest rule in hockey. Dumbest, so dumbest call in hockey. It's it, that, it, whatever. Yeah. So, um, but I think that uh, and. I'm not going to just keep beating the Holtz drum, but I think the Holtz game looked pretty good. Uh, he still make he still turns the puck over once in a while or, or makes some shady plays. But for overall, you could tell he's making it a point to, I think, back check and get his sticks in lanes and trying to and trying to play a more well-rounded game. So that's good. Jesper Bratt is just shot out of a cannon. I mean, he had a four point night last night. I thought he was amazing. Um and he's a guy who the Devils are going to have to rely on even heavier if Jack Hughes is out for any length of time right now. He's got to – Jester Bratt absolutely has to – I mean, I'm going to say he has to step up, but just keep playing your game. You know, if he keeps – if he keeps – if Jester Bratt keeps playing the way he's playing, Devils are going to be fine without – until Jack and Nico come back. Yeah. Back to your Holtz thing, uh, I know – you have been, you know, banging against him playing on that fourth line, but he's starting to really make progressions, I think, on the fourth line. Granted, I would like to see him play more. You know, that playing six minutes, whatever game that was the other night, was total malarkey, but he's playing really well. He, Like you said, he is developing a more well-rounded game. Maybe it was the right decision to play him with a guy like Bastion and, and McLeod or whoever, and Lazar, maybe, maybe, sure, you know, sure, right. maybe, because he's, he's he's making plays, he's ma- he's scoring goals, he's really developing into an uh, quality NHL player. You know, we're excited to have him in the lineup. Uh, let's give him a couple more weeks on that line, and then I think they'll move him up. Yeah, well, they'll probably move him up if well if, Jack and Nico, yeah, Jack and Nico aren't back. I mean, they're going to have to do something. If I if it was me, I would seriously consider moving Mercer to center. If you're missing two centers, I mean, that's where, you know, he, Mercer is supposed to be a natural center, but we'll we'll see how that goes. He's a guy that we got to get going, though. I mean, yeah. Mer- Mercer, this is, you know, we're 10 games into the season. At some point, you got to start producing. He does not look like he has as much giddy-up in him. He's not a four-checking maniac. He's not creating as many turnovers. Um, I mean, he's still... You see him out there. He's hustling. I have no doubt that the kid is is hustling, but you want to see some production out of the kid because he's too valuable of a piece. And and one of the things that people have brought up was, do you think that if Mercer having this bum first ten games of the season, which I have no doubt that he's going to back, that he's going to bounce back from, do you think that this helps the Devils? when it comes to his contract negotiation that's going to be coming up? You know, I I don't give a shit about that. You know, like, and I don't think Tom Fitzgerald gives a shit about that either. Like, Tom Fitzgerald knows the player that Dawson Mercer is as well as the rest of the team. And it's just like, you know, Jesper Brad struggled a little bit last year and everybody was saying the same thing. This is going to help the Devils. Well, like, no. Like, right. like that's not what, that's not like who cares about that. Like we all know what Dawson Mercer is worth, and Tom Fitzgerald is not going to lowball Dawson Mercer to benefit the Devils because he had a rough start to the season. Right. Uh, I believe that Dawson Mercer will, you know, figure it out, and it'll come in bunches. Just you know, he's like a 
he's like a streaky home run hitter. He'll come in bunches and it's fine. You know, Hall is the Hall is kind of this was the same way for a while. Like, streaky player, all of his goals come in bunches. And uh you know, I think I think come January, come late December, we'll look back on the on October and the first couple of weeks of November and kind of laugh that we were talking about Dawson Mercer and like not producing. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. not I'm not really worried about him. I just want to yeah. see him get on the board and especially if you're going to lose two of your franchise players, this would be a good opportunity for him to step up and like kind of be a leader. I know it's only his third year, but um I don't know. I mean, he has that leadership quality um, uh, about him to me. He's like a playoff player. He's well, he's a 200 foot player. He says and does all the right things. He's a lovable guy. He's from Newfoundland. What, how could he not be a guy that steps up and, and becomes, uh, and, and picks up some of the slack when, when you lose such a dynamic player, like, like Hughes, I really do. I, I hope it's not his shoulder after now when he got hit, when he got hit, what was it? Two years ago, versus Seattle in Game Two, I think that was his left shoulder. It was left shoulder. This was the right one, right? This was his right yeah. shoulder. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, like, I initially thought the way that he went in, like, it could have been like a collarbone, or, and then he, it looked like they were looking at his neck, um, but he could be in concussion protocol, or there's really no way to know. And, the fact. Yeah, the fact that he played a couple shifts after leaves me to believe that it's not his collarbone, you know, because he wouldn't. It's not he, his collarbone. No, if he no. fucked up his collarbone. He wouldn't have been out there. No, he wouldn't have been out there. So I, I'm more led to believe that it's. I don't want to say the c word, but it's more concussion slash neck related, is what I am leaving. You know, I'm you know Twitter yeah. doctor, you know, but and hockey is you know. You know the secret surface. You know CIA, KGB. They're not going to release anything. They're just going to say upper body injury. But um, I'd almost rather it be, you know, not the shoulder because you know that's definitely something that is tough to come back from. If he has a concussion, ah, that sucks. But also, again, the fact that he played a couple shifts kind of gives me a little hope that it's kind of like a neck strain you know he slammed into the boards yeah that, that's gonna that would, fucking that, that would be ideal it would be a yeah. neck strain something like that would be ideal if, they're taking a look at him they want to make sure he's okay yeah the weird thing about concussions is like concussions like they can linger on certain people certain people aren't yeah aren't good with concussions you know and other people bounce back from them so the Sterling um, Shepard experience with the Giants <laughs> you know. yeah or just I mean you've seen it like you've seen these you know they get a concussion and they're out for like months and it's like um and you know you deal with brain injuries He's a young kid too it's like you'd hate to see that but either way uh the Devils are gonna have their hands full because they have um Chicago coming up which I think is that's a perfect opportunity to Go out there, show them, you know, gain a little confidence. You're missing your two best players if he doesn't play for some reason, and try to beat up on a team who's in the middle of a, of a rebuild. But then they get Colorado um, on Tuesday, which that game was going to be hard enough to begin with on the road in Colorado. They look like the Avalanche from two years ago. They're on fire. They're fast, uh, and you're going to be missing. You know, you're going to be missing Nico already, and now. Potentially, you could be missing Jack Hughes. So um, we'll see what this week holds for, for Hughes. We'll keep you updated as we get any information regarding Jack Hughes. You guys will I just see the got, problem. Uh, Elliot Friedman just tweeted, the word on Jack Hughes is it might take a day or two to figure out how serious things are slash aren't. So not, much, so not much there. He didn't tell us anything, but there is no... It's almost like, okay, so they know there's nothing definite wrong with him. Uh, not his shoulder, not his collarbone. Where I think we're, like we said, we're looking at he could have head a, in, a head injury or a neck injury is, yeah, what, yeah. is what it's looking like. Okay. Well, I guess that's good. That's probably good news. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's I mean, if he, if he broke his shoulder or broke his collarbone, that's. No, we would know that. He, he yeah, would have came out and took in another shift. I'm saying no. when he went into the boards, it looked like that was the kind of like, I, I could have saw that happening just the way he went into the boards and wasn't able to get up. Um, 
Yes, I mean, that's really the story of this game. I, the Devils definitely did play hard. Defoley had an open net, and he – not an open net, but he had a he had a good chance to tie this thing up. The Devils were front-footed and played downhill for the entire third period. Um, and they probably – I don't know if they deserved to win this game. I think it was about a 50-50. I think it was pretty even, and I thought that they recouped and bounced back bounce back pretty good after having such a devastating blow to the lineup. You can go back to the game on uh, last night versus the Minnesota Wild, and the Devils looked like the Devils of old. They had 38 shots on net, um, and they really dominated. They dominated play, in my opinion. Uh, I can get to the full team stats as I pull them up. I they thought won. they looked great against Minnesota. They I looked they great. Looked awesome. Like it, it felt like they were. It felt like they were back. Their power play is just completely insane at this point. Um, and you know, one of the things that I worried about was the defense has been a little suspect, and is the power play making up for some of the you know some where there some of the deficiencies in the other parts of their game, but. To be honest, like in order to be on a power play, you have to draw a power. You have to draw the penalty, and obviously that means that you're typically either being chased around, or they have to trip you, or they have to hold you up, or you have the puck on your stick. It's like very rarely do you draw a power play if you are defending a lot. You know what I mean? So um, it it's like if they can continue to to convert on the power play. Not, they're not going to convert at this rate, but if they're able to be a top five, top ten team on the power play, preferably top five, um, it makes up for a lot, especially if they're able to convert like this going into the playoffs. That was a big problem that we had in the playoffs is we weren't very good on the power play. Um, and when you have those opportunities, you have to be able to seize them. But their puck movement has been insane. I was definitely a little skeptical about moving Dougie off of the power play. One being that I just, I mean, I've never seen, and I I, po- I posted it on Twitter. I've never seen a, a defenseman get so many pucks through, like from the point, score from the point. It's like Dougie just finds lanes better than any other defenseman I may have ever seen in my life. Like, it's like that guy gets all his shots through. Like, I don't know how it happens, but they take him off. They put him on power play two. They put Luke Hughes on power play one. And who the hell could argue with that? I mean, they've been moving the puck just incredible in between, um, between Jack Hughes looking like an MVP caliber player for the first 10 games of the season and Jesper Bratt looking like a hundred point player who's, you know, I think tied for third in the league in scoring right now. It's like, God damn, like the, this is a shitty time to lose your, to lose your, your captain and, and, and Jack, you know what I mean? And I, and I think, uh, I think that's why uh, Luke was put on first and Dougie was put on the second line is because when Luke's out there with Jack and with that first power play, it's more about moving the puck, getting defenders out of position, and, you know, for those tapping goals. And then when they put that second line out there for the power play, Dougie just, he's got a fucking cannon on him, huh? And just clap, just clap arms. Yep. And, and it's just, it's almost, it's almost like two different styles of power play, you know? Totally. First power, first power play, it's finesse, move the puck around. They're just got to absolutely burn you and if you had got that figure it out okay we're gonna beat you with uh with with the clack bomb you know just and yeah if, and if you think great. about it the second power play is definitely a little more about brute strength and getting mm-hmm. to the front of the net and getting scrappier because you got timo who is is good in front of the net you got nico on it who's good in front of the net um yeah i, w- I would definitely agree with you dougie had a, another goal on uh last night so he's still on fire and still playing really well um, but yeah, I mean, we could sit here and talk about the Devils all day, but I think it comes like this is a pretty big situation for them right now. Um, it is, it is. But like, if you think about the Devils' top six without Jack and Nico, it's still better than 
most of the National Hockey League, in my opinion. You have Jesper Bratt, Tyler Toffoli, uh, Timo Meyer, Eric Halla, Andre Pilat, Alexander Holtz, and then on the defensively, you got Dougie, Luke, you know. Yeah, no, our roster is like very the roster, the, the depth on our roster is enough for them to survive for a few weeks without Jack and Nico. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna lose games at a at a at a at a huge certain clip. Cli- a huge right. clip because Jack and Nico out. They're still gonna be competitive. They're still better than most of the teams in the NHL. They're still better than most of the teams on their upcoming schedule, in my opinion. Um you know, they just somebody they just gotta, you know, put their big boy pants on and say, All right, Jack's out, who's gonna who's gonna step the fuck up? You know, yeah, you, you know what was crazy is Ruff finally changed the defensive pairings for a little bit. At one point he did play and this goes back to last night, and he did it tonight. He played Luke with Marino for a little bit. Um and then he dropped ball down to play with Smith. Which ball played with some anger tonight, which I like to see. There was a couple times in the in the first and second period that guys were getting under his skin, and uh, and he was giving it to him. He gave it to somebody right at the end of the second period. He was pretty. He was getting nasty out there. Um, Who's out? Balls out. That's Damn right. Right. <laughs> um, so that was kind of good to see, and I I really liked seeing him. The, the ball Marino pairing has not worked and it hasn't worked all year. So uh, this was our first, the past two games have been our first opportunity to see Hughes play with Marino and ball get dropped down to play with Smith. And that's not a knock on ball at all. I think he's played been one of our better, more serviceable defensemen, but at some point um, you gotta, you gotta switch things up and do what's best for the team. Siegenthaler had a rough night tonight. Yeah. Um, and, that's a shame. Uh, I'm not really worried about him either. I think you know some people. Some people are are tough on Siegs. I, I feel like there's certain you know some of the people that I listen to, even other podcasts, they they think that Siegenthaler could be healthy scratch down the line or this or that, and Marino could be a healthy scratch down the line too. But um, Siegenthaler is usually uh, really good at um, suppressing shots shot blocks, I mean, gap control, all the little things that I think casual fans might just kind of take for granted. Um, But tonight he had a rough one, and I'm expecting him to bounce back versus a team in Chicago on Sunday night who doesn't really have a ton of offensive talent. You know, I I have definitely been one of those people that have been tough on Seeks. Um, And again, I think it stems from the fact that Outside, like our defensive pairings don't necessarily have, especially with John Marino playing like how he has played, we do not have that lockdown pairing that's gonna, you know, and it's just kind of clumped everybody together into being like, oh, like there's some questions on our defense. But it's like, no, we have some really talented guys on defense. They're just might be better in the on the other blue line, you know. And right. John Marino has struggled, uh, as we all know. And we've I have been pretty I've been pretty on him all season long. Um, as far as playing against the Blackhawks, but you know they got they got our uh, our rookie of the year over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, like 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 I was saying earlier, Devils without Jack and Nico are better than the Chicago Blackhawks for sure. They are. Like Jesper has just got to be Jesper. Yep. You know, he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to change his game because these guys are out. You know, just play your game, man. Toffoli, Timo Meyer are both 30 goal, goal, 30 goal, goal scorers. Uh, this team's going to be fine. Nobody, you know, panic yet. It's fine. Yeah. We're all going to be okay. Yeah. Let's give it, I, let's, let's give it a day or two. If there if there was ever a time for him to take off a couple of days, it would be first Chicago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Jack and Nico will be back. They're going to be back. It's going to be fine. Take a deep breath. Devils fans. We're going to be good. We can beat these bad teams. It, it was, just, let's, just, let's just hope we get them back for, uh, 
November, what is it, November 14th? When they, the, yeah, when we play the Rangers. You're the 18th. We yeah. We'll get them back by then. Prediction um, from Patty. Prediction from Patty. Jack and Nico are back by the Rangers game. I actually, I, I get to go down and high five the players when they come out of the tunnel that game. Oh, yeah? yeah. How'd you get that? For, I don't know. Just from, I got I got to think of something like clever to to yell at them when they're coming out or something like, you know, just have fun, guys. Just have a good. Just be have fun, kids. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of like what a yeah. Ask ask like a lower player to come on the podcast. Ask like Bastion to come on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Tyranny. Do you think you can hop on the pod yeah. for a little bit? We did get a we did get a drop from uh, Scott Gomez. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. See, I didn't even send that. No, to we, haven't I didn't played, we haven't. We haven't played it yet. Oh okay. Um, yeah, we got a drop from Scott Gomez. And um, are you a golf guy by any chance? I am a golf guy, but I'm not a Scott Gomez guy, even okay. though I think that this is cool. Okay. <laughs> um, yo, so my dad is—he's playing Pine Valley right now. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, for for. You guys that don't know uh, golf or, or casual golf people, Pine Valley was rated the world's best golf club multiple times by golf.com, and it's considered one of the greatest golf courses on the planet. Um, it happens to be in New Jersey. It's got its own zip code and everything, and when you go there, you stay on premise at, like, a house there. You have a butler. It's like a whole thing, yeah. So he's been playing there, I think, for three days. So, oh my yeah, god! I know, I know. He's it's yeah. We'll have him on. We'll have him tell us all about tell it on the next episode it. for sure. Um, but yeah, we'll move on from the Devils. Uh, just a closing point. I thought it was a it was a huge game for Akira Schmidt, and I think that if there's positives that we're going to take away from this, it was a great rebound game for him. We're going to need him to be good. Uh, I'm curious if the Devils decide to run him out Sunday. I would rather run him out Sunday than run him out Tuesday versus Colorado. Um, but either way, I, I, I don't think it matters. But I was just – I was happy to see that he was able to uh, come back and play with confidence and, you know, after such a long stretch and after getting off to a pretty terrible start. So uh, congratulations to him. There's some there's some stuff around the league that I, I wrote down this week that we could just touch on really quick. One of them is the Ottawa Senators. Like, what the hell is going on in Ottawa? They lose um, their last place in the Atlantic Division. This is a team that everyone had pegged to go to the playoffs. They're, they've been, you know, there's been a ton of promise, and the future's been bright in Ottawa, and they got Stutzla, and they got Jake Sanderson. They got all these players who I'm really fond of and I, I'm really high on. Um, the team just got bought out, and... You know, they got Shane Pinto, who's been they've been trying to sign to this contract. He gets suspended 41 games for gambling. Did you hear about this? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So he was he was 41 games and his, he wasn't even gambling on the NHL. He had let somebody else use his phone to gamble from his phone. And it's like, I mean, I don't I, know how much I don't I don't really believe that. But but it wasn't on it wasn't on hockey. Yeah. No, it, it's ridiculous that, you know, I I work in the sports industry and I am not allowed to gamble on sports. Right. Right. Um, you know, it's just it's just the rules. If you're in that position, you can't put yourself in that position. I'm not going to sit here and believe that it was my friend, you know. Yeah. And I'm playing shortstop <laughs> for the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so so Shane Pinto gets suspended 41 games. Then. They get a first-round draft pick taken for him for uh, the Dadnoff trade last year, which they didn't submit the paperwork correctly. They didn't know that uh, Dadnoff couldn't have been traded to them. And now the owner, Michael Anlauer, is coming out, and he's, like, firing at the NHL. He's like... He should be. Yeah, he's like, I don't even own the team. Like, what are you, what are you taking away? I mean, taking away a first-round pick and, and suspending a player for 41 games, that's pretty harsh. For a guy that just bought the team, like what, like two months ago? Honestly, I need to I need to go on a little bit of a rant here because it's fucking bullshit. Because the NHL took a first round pick away from from the Ottawa Senators for this. Remember when they took a first round pick away from us for the yep. Ilya Kovalchuk deal? 
which was legal at the time when they sold, when they signed yep. it. It was legal. They took a first round pick away from the Arizona Coyotes for holding illegal practices. I think it was. Do it. Do it. The the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> covered up. They covered up sexual assault for ten fucking years, and they hand the and the NHL hands them the best fucking draft prospect since Connor McDavid. Maybe the second best draft prospect of all fucking time. They just hand them to him. No punishment. No nothing. It's a fucking joke. It's a joke. And, and, it, and if you notice the three teams that had first-round draft picks taken away from, you'll notice that all three of those teams are smaller market teams and not the Chicago Blackhawks. Of course. They, Fuck Gary Bettman. Fuck the NHL. Yeah, it's no. It's fucking horseshit. It's bullshit. It's total bullshit. You couldn't have said it any better. It's like the NHL wants the Blackhawks to be good because they're a big market. They're an original six team. To, for for them to not get punished for hiding sexual abuse to to a player it's fucking it, it's, it's just like the NHL cannot get out of their own way when it comes to social bad. issues like that like they like not that it's related to this but they banned using the rainbow tape this year and it's like why the fuck do you care if somebody uses rainbow tape it doesn't fucking matter. And I get it. They, they retracted on that statement because they got so much backlash from it. But it's just like, how much more can you get in your way, NHL, with just totally shooting yourself in the foot on social issues? Like It's bad. It's, it's not that hard. And I'm not sitting here as like, you know, cancel culture kind of guy. It's just like they covered up sexual abuse from one of their players for 10 years. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Not Nothing. a single fucking thing happened to him. Nothing. It's a joke. And they got rewarded, actually. They, they got rewarded. They did. So Michael Anlauer has come out, and he really kind of laid into the NHL and Bettman. Like, I really haven't seen from an owner before. So that was kind of cool um, to see him stand up for them. And you could tell this guy is not playing around and is fiery and is a businessman. And he, he fired Pierre Dorian, who should have been fired a long time ago. Horrible general manager. I mean, he's been trading away quality players for a long time. He let, you know, I understand the Eric Carlson letting him walk because he was going to get, he wanted to get paid a lot of money and everything, but um, an ownership might not have had the money to pay him because it is a smaller market, which is why the team was bought. But I mean, he traded away Zibanejad. Um, he's, he's made a bunch of awful moves. So, you know, good riddance to him. Um, I don't know if you saw Nick Backstrom. He announced that he's, uh, He's not going to be playing until further notice. Um, Nick Backstrom is for, he's a Hall of Famer, guaranteed, and is a big part of the success of Alexander Ovechkin. And he's a guy that uh, was just a great player. And if he never plays again, he should at least get a, a nod. You know what I mean? Stick taps. Stick yeah, taps for stick Backstrom. Taps for, know, Backstrom his, for sure. His, uh, his number is going to be up. In Washington, his, they're going to hang his number up in the rafters. He should absolutely be a, a Hall of Famer. Uh, it was fun to watch him play. You know, these Capitals teams have been good for so long. Uh, you know, they're kind of on their way out. Um, but you know, like I said, stick taps for him. I uh, wish. I hope. I kind of hope this isn't the end. You know, maybe maybe he can. Maybe he decides to come back later in the season if the Caps are making a push. But uh, if he doesn't, you know, well done. On, right. a, on a fantastic career. Great career. Um, one of the things that uh, we had Nico take a head hit last week, which he's still out, which led to a four-game suspension for Connor Clifton. And then I don't know if you saw the, Char- the Charlie McAvoy hit on Oliver ekman Larson. Completely not a hockey play, in my opinion. Um, and McAvoy has had... He's had a rep. He 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 toes the line. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. He plays physical. He's a great defenseman, but he toes the line. At some point, he got a four game suspension as well. At some point, you think, what well, if you hit somebody in the head and you knock him out? Maybe you should be suspended as long as it takes that player to come back. You know what I mean? And I don't think that's ever going to happen because the players association is trying to defend the health of the players on one hand but then also defend the players and how they make money and try to get them back onto the ice as soon as possible on the other hand. So to me, it's a little bit contradictory to where um, 
the Players Association is sticking up for McAvoy while McAvoy is, you know, the Players Association also represents the players that are injured. You know what I mean? You know, I think, I don't know, it's tough to rule a guy out, like suspend a guy for the entire length of an injury, you know, like. No, I know. You know I'm cause, just because you know, because like freak, because like freak things happen. You know, it, it could, it might not be that bad of a hit. You know, and you know, just the way he landed or something knocks him out for however long. Um, but no, the four games part is a joke. I agree. Um, like minimum, in my for the McAvoy hit, minimum ten, minimum ten for me. That's a you ten know, game. Four, that's a ten yeah, game suspension. Minimum. Like it's you know it's not, at a certain point like you have to view these guys as people you know that like you, you can't have a guy you like like a ten game suspend like a four game suspension that's that's water off the back he gets a, a week off right a, te- a ten game suspension he remembers that and he's yep. not gonna and he's not gonna do it again and I mean they're trying to you know it's not just the NHL it's the NFL too and all they talk about is player safety and headshots and this and that. And then meanwhile, this is an egregious play that with intent to injure and it's a four game suspension to me, it just doesn't the crime or the penalty doesn't fit the crime. And um, I don't know. That's something that I think if the NHL was serious about player safety, they would have no problem saying, listen, like this, this doesn't fly anymore. This isn't the game that we play. And I mean, they, they suspended Shane Pinto forty-one games for gambling. Yeah, and like and, and meanwhile, somebody else is trying to take somebody else's head off, and that's a four-game suspension. So I wanted to at least touch on that. I was listening to this other podcast, uh, Devils Insider Podcast, which um, I know a couple of those guys and uh, Jeff from over there, and the good people. They brought up a good. They brought up a good target trade target. Um, Let's say we get down a stretch and the Devils are looking like the wagon that we know that they could be, and we think that they have a potential to make a serious playoff run before the trade deadline. We're talking about six defensemen and like who could we try to get and tr- who you know who's out there and there's a lot of names and but one of the guys that they brought up that I thought made a ton of sense was Adam Larson. If you could bring Adam Larson back, Seattle's tanking. If you could bring Larson back and put him in a role where he's on your third pairing, he could be pretty good. He can kill, he can kill penalties. He plays physical. He's been around the block. He, you'd, you could probably get them to eat some of his salary. Um, but I'm, I'm assuming they would want a pretty decent package. But I don't know. Like he's somebody instead of it instead of just a rental. If he was like an extended rental and somebody that you could bring back and sign him for a couple years on a cheap deal, could be. I'm in. That could be fun, right? I'm I'm in. I have not heard that. I have not thought of that. That I'm in on that. Absolutely. Nice he's, little the, home. he's the exact kind of defenseman that you we, we would need. Hundred percent. And honestly, I'm just thinking about in my mind like the ovation he would get in his first game back at the Prudential oh Center. God, right? it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be so fun. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely in on that. Like, give, me, <laughs> give me Adam Larson. Who, who do we got to give up to get him? Yep. I don't right. care. <laughs> um, okay. Let's get into, did you see Adam Fox injury? Yes. Okay. I, Adam Fox I, on a hit from Sebastian Ajo. Um, Fox, Obviously, is one of the best defensemen in the league. Takes a hit from Aho. I, I hate Aho. I thought it was totally incidental. Like I know we are not like Rangers guys here by any fucking means, but I to me it did not seem dirty. And maybe I'm crazy, but it didn't seem. It seemed like it was Adam Fox's fault, from my point of view. Yeah, t- I don't I, know. what's your point? I don't know what's your my honest to god point of view was. I didn't think. Either I didn't think either or I didn't look at yeah. it and think that was a dirty hit. I just thought like, oh, look at these two assholes just ran into one another. Yeah, um, and which they are, they are assholes. And <laughs> uh, and uh, but it's gonna hurt. They're saying that he's gonna be out two to three weeks. So, I, you know, like I saw Truba after the game 
you know, make yeah, a comment. Be a like, guy, yeah. Oh, he's such a fucking pussy, dude. Oh I fucking God. hate that guy. He's the worst. I really hope, like, I know, like, uh, like all we all hate that guy, and not because he's a good player. It's just because he's a fucking asshole. Right. And I really hope that when the Devils, um, I mean, when the Rangers come to the Rock for the first time this year, I know that there's going to be Devils fans that are be booing Truba when he touches the puck. But like, don't. He doesn't deserve it. No, he's not worth he's, it. He, he's not worth it. He's a fucking minus, in my opinion. He's, he's just a non-factor. He has not earned that right. Uh, the Rangers have been playing good, though. They uh, have. They've been playing really good. Uh, it looked like in the and the Hurricanes on the on the other on the other hand have not been playing that well. I know. So it's like without you know these the Hurricanes and the Devils off to these rocky starts, and the and the Rangers looking like a wagon. I'm like, oh fuck, it might get, we might, we might get to December, and it might be hard to fucking catch them. Yeah, I know. We're in the upside down world. Yeah. Um, Filipino also injured in that game. Um, who's he's been a really good uh, player for them. Lafreniere tried to tried to muck it up and and get into it in that game. Um, but yeah, the Rangers are the Rangers are playing really good, and uh, you know we. One of the guys that, like, we were talking about, like, goaltenders and stuff. What do you think about Jacob Markstrom? He's o- he's older. He's older. He's signed through 25-26. He's got a $6 million cap hit. He's 33 years old. The Flames are 2-7. and seven. They have a minus 16 goals against differential. Only team that's worse is San Jose, who San Jose might that's be not the a hockey team, team in the past decade. That's not a hockey team. That they don't count. But Jacob Markstrom's a pretty decent goalie. To where um, Calgary was trying to sign Hannafin, they were trying to keep the band together, and now it sounds like they might try to just they they put a halt uh, a, a halt on all that, and they're talking about maybe breaking it down in Calgary. He's somebody that maybe if Schmid and Vanacek don't give you enough confidence before the deadline, I would consider at least taking a look at. Another guy is, you know, people talk about Alex Holtz and like, so this is from two days ago before he scored and he seems to be like he's playing pretty well. I actually think that Ruff is like maybe giving him a little bit more of an opportunity, giving him a little bit more ice time. Um, But in Winnipeg, Cole Perfetti has been benched quite a bit. And I think Cole Perfetti is a good player, too. I wonder if there's an op- – w- he's a guy that – I mean, I don't think they're ever going to get rid of him. I mean, he's like their number – you know, one of their the franchise guy, players. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'm just saying if it could happen to Cole Perfetti, if it could happen to all these other people, it could happen to Alex Holtz, too. So uh, I don't know why I'm bringing that up, but whatever. Carter Hart. Carter Hart is out uh, with an injury, uh, upper body sounds like it's like a abdomen injury or something along those lines um and then they go out and then they kick the shit out of buffalo on the road tonight so i have no idea how to assess that um he's a guy that there were rumblings at the beginning of the season that maybe or before the season started that maybe the flyers were going to try to move carter hart because they are in like real rebuild, rebuild mold, and they just brought Danny Briere in, and they have Keith Jones in there, and it was like a new regime, and they wanted to build a team over, and they thought that maybe you'd be able to get some nice pieces for him. He would be look awesome in a Devils jersey, but that's I don't think that's ever going to happen either. It's never going to happen. You know, the Flyers aren't going to trade him to New Jersey, even if they were going to trade him. Um, and again, I, I've been like when I when I've been on with you. We talk about these other goalies, and at the end of the day, I still would rather have Vanacek. I still think Vanacek is the guy, and he Vanacek has not given me a reason to dis to to not believe in him. I think I think he has played well. I think the Devils' defense has not played well in front of him. Not and you know just just haven't. But I think. I mean, at the end of the day, the Devils—they have got off. They have gotten off to a the the start we weren't expecting, but it's still a good start. 
you know, they're, sure. they're still, they're still a good start. Everybody's kind of, you know, expect expectations were a little too high. I think a lot of people thought this team was going to go like 82 and oh, you know, uh, all these guys, you like Markstrom, Hart, all these guys. And I'm still like, I still want, I still, well, yeah, still that, I still want Vanacek. And that's why it was important to see Akira Schmidt play as good as he did tonight. Yeah. Too. Um, and I'm not giving up on Akira Schmidt. I think no, no. Of I think not. he played. I think he played well tonight. It sucks that it came in a losing effort. It would have been good for the confidence if they, they were able to, you know, net one there. Even if they went to overtime, you know, like yep. if they were able to net one there in the third period, it would have been great for his for for him. Uh, I think, like you said, I think they should start him on Sunday. They probably won't, but I think they should. Uh, better for him to play against the Blackhawks, like you said, and then VTech gets, you know, like half a week rest to play against the Avalanche without without our two top centers. Um, yeah, no, I am. The last couple of games have not made me. They have really uh, watered down the fire of a nervousness that I had about the goaltending. I would agree. And what was funny was he, um, they announced the stadium series and they did the whole. Um, the whole thing at the Meadowlands and Marty Brodori even came out and he said, you know, I expect us to be, we, we expect to be playing better than what we're playing right Mm -hmm. now. And that was when they were at five, two and one. So, um, I don't know. I don't even think it had anything to do with the record. I think it was just about the overall Overall game. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So what kind uh, of, uh, speaking of stadium series, what kind of, uh, what kind of Jersey are you hoping for that they wear? Mm, I mean, I know like that everybody wants the black jersey, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what, that's what a lot of the fan base on Twitter seems like that they want. Um, they have green in the in the logo, yeah. So you have to think that they're going to do a green. And I feel like the NHL is like they like doing these like old timey like kind of things to where the guys are wearing like. It looks like they wear like leather, you know, they're wearing brown leather pants. You know what I mean? Which I don't think mm-hmm. that was even a thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably going to. I kind of would like to see them wear the white jerseys. That's what I was going to say. I kind of would like to see them wear kind of like a cream, like an off white with either the old red and green NJ logo or. Get this. This I had this idea the other night, like a cream jersey with the old school striping, the '80s striping, red and green, with the jersey font in red and green. I think that would look. I think that would look pretty sharp. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen some mock-ups that I think the Brad Pack has put out of some jersey with the jersey script on it. Uh, jerseys. Yeah, they've That's grown on me. I used to hate them, but they've grown on me. Yeah, no, I'm cool with it at this point. It's, at this point, it's kind of like our thing. You know, it's fine. All right, ready? We're going to get into it. I don't know if you've had time. You're out in Denver, but it's that time. All right, Billion Dollar Picks. I had two picks for you last week, and we went one and one We had Chicago and Vegas over six. We won, and then I had the Minnesota Wild. At Washington, minus 105, we lost. So right now we're 7-5, and five, and we're down 155 bucks. Tomorrow we got a big slate, um, and we'll hop right into it. Tomorrow, we talked about Ottawa. We talked about all that's going on over there. It's There's been a lot of distractions. Tampa. I get it. They don't have Vasilevsky, but I still think that that is a good hockey team over there. So Tampa goes into Ottawa, and I like the value. It's plus 100 in Ottawa. Uh, two, I got Carolina at the Islanders. It's minus 120. The Islanders have actually been playing pretty good, and Carolina has not been playing very well. But after watching the Carolina-New York game, I think that it – drew a lot of attention to them. I think that was a big loss, and I'm assuming they're going to want to rebound, rebound. They've had a couple days off now, and I don't think the Islanders are as good as their record. So um, 
I'm taking Carolina at minus 120 versus the Islanders. If you were to say at the beginning of the year, those were going to, you know, you'd have to lay 120 for Carolina versus the Islanders, I would have took it all day. So I'm going with my gut. And then this other one is Montreal at St. Louis. It's the under in this one. Um, neither of these teams have much firing power. Bennington's played pretty good. Um, under 6.5 at minus 120. So those are my three picks. I was going to pick Buffalo at Toronto, which is kind of ballsy, but it pays out $180 on 100 Um, But after watching Buffalo lose to Philly tonight, I don't think I can do that. So those are my three picks. I got Tampa at Ottawa plus 100, Carolina at the New York Islanders minus 120, and Montreal and St. Louis under 6.5 minus 120. Patty, have you had a chance to look at the games? I got no hockey picks for you this week, Bill. I've been uh, immersed with work. For those of you that don't know, I, um, I work in college football. I do have I do, however, have one college football play for tomorrow. I know you guys are all hockey fans, but we're all money fans. Fresno State minus two and a half against Boise State. It's a lock. Take all your put all your put your whole house on it. For the Fresno State Bulldogs, they're seven to one. They should be a ranked team. They're going to blow the doors off the Boise State Broncos. Lock it in. Fresno State over Boise State. We're going to run with that. We're going to run with that. I like it. Nice. Um, you got anything else for him? I got nothing for you, Bill. That was, uh, I think we covered everything, you know, we got through Jack tonight's game. I think everybody's just got to kind of relax. Like I said, I think we'll be, I think we'll beat Chicago. Real test will come against Colorado next week. When are you coming back home? I will be on the first flight back to Newark after the army air force game tomorrow so my flight's at 6:40 from denver i'll land in newark at around uh 12 30 tomorrow awesome. night well safe travels dude um and we'll talk when you get back uh but yeah i hope everybody uh, has a great weekend it is november 3rd at 11:45 p.m you've been listening to patty shambro and billy botch on the trap podcast be well everybody and uh we'll talk soon
to say.